0: Welcome to the Can You Relate podcast, where our goal is to show you that you're not alone in your pain and struggles and that God can redeem any situation in your life. Join us, your hosts, Amy and Mallory, as we discuss tough topics many
1: of us deal with and talk with other women about their stories of redemption.
0: Can Can you you relate? relate? Well, welcome everyone to Can You Relate? I'm Amy and I'm Mallory. And we are excited to be here with you guys tonight. Yes, we have um, a
1: guest on today that I'm really excited about. Her name's Ashley, and she is joining us today sh- to share her story with all of you. Um, Ashley has been a Christian all of her life, and she's a wife, a mother of two, and a small business owner. Um, her life was turned upside down a couple years back, and in that time, God drew near to her. Um or drew her near to him rather, uh, taught her things that she needed to learn and grow in and provided for her and her family. And ultimately just led her to his purpose for this season in her life. And, um, that is standing up for our children in today's culture and running for her local school board, which is just awesome. Um, this, story is amazing, and it's a true testimony to God's power, His purpose, and care in the details of life. So um, we're excited to dive in all for um, our good and His glory. Welcome, Ashley. Welcome.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and on the podcast. Um, you know, something I've always longed for in my life was a relationship that other people talked about. Um, When I would talk to other Christian women or Christian men or Christians in general, you know, something that they would always talk about is this deep relationship that they had with God and walking in faith. And I just, I, you know, I, I was raised in a church. I grew up church. I was baptized as a baby. I always felt like I knew God, I believed in God, but I didn't have that deep connection, that deep relationship that you reach out to God and you you know, you share everything with, and you lean on him, and you're walking completely at peace and with him. And so, um, it's pretty incredible what what God has done in my life. And it it really, for me, my story started in December of 2019. Um, I it was a, the week before Christmas. I had um, I was having some neck pain, so I was referred to a chiropractor. And when I went to the chiropractor, I went for a few visits and I noticed it was helping. So that was great. So on the very last visit that I went to, um, the chiropractor had adjusted my neck. And when I stood up from the table, the left side of my body went numb. (sighs) And it was like, if you drew a straight line from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes on my left side, it felt like it was falling asleep. Like it was numb and tingly, And I was like, Whoa, this is, this is different. Like, this doesn't feel right. Like something feels like it's like shutting down. And, um, the chiropractor had told me, you know, this is normal. Just shake it off. You'll be fine. And so I was figured, you know, since I'm not somebody who often visits a chiropractor, that that suggestion was correct. And so I went out to my car and I sat in my car and I was like, I just don't feel right. So I started going through like my mental checklist. I was going through like, am I having a heart attack? no, what is this? Like she's, you know, this person told me I'd be fine. So I decided to drive myself home. Um, My son had a Christmas program that evening. And, you know, as a mom, as moms, we know we don't want to miss our (laughs) kids stuff. So I drove myself home and I had numbness from the top of my head, to bottom of my my toes on my left side. Um, I had black spots in my vision and um, I had severe neck pain and a migraine. And so I walked in the house, you know, very nervous at this point, because something I knew was seriously wrong. And I took, you know, some ibuprofen, I laid on the couch, and I prayed, prayed like never before, you know, I just was in this deep prayer about something's wrong, I know it is, please save me, you know, it's the prayer you are praying for your life. Mm. Okay, and I laid there and I prayed real hard. And a few hours later, we had my son's Christmas program. So I got off the couch. I still had some tingly and numbness on my left side. I still had neck pain. I still had a migraine. The black spots were gone, but I went to his Christmas
0: program. (laughs) So,
2: you know, you're not going to miss those moments. So I went to his Christmas program. I had told my mom, you know, what happened. And, um, you know, she was like, wow, that sounds kind of crazy. Like, maybe you should call your doctor. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think so. So you know, what do you do when you're a mom, like when you're a mom, you typically are putting your kids first and your family first and kind of taking care of everything. So I waited until my kids were tucked in at night and I decided to Google my symptoms. (laughs) So I know not the thing that most medical doctors recommend, but I decided to Google my symptoms and everything kept saying I had a stroke. It said, you know, if you have symptoms, go to the hospital. If you don't have symptoms, go to the hospital. Um, it kept saying stroke, stroke, stroke. I tried researching different things, stroke. Everything kept saying stroke. So my husband who was getting ready to go to bed, I look at him and I go, I think I had a stroke today. And he just looks at me and he's like, well, you look fine. Like you're talking. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's like, maybe call the doctor in the morning. Like he's like, "That's that would be crazy. So he ended up going to bed and I laid there. My whole house was asleep. And I had what was I can't even explain this feeling, but it was almost as if someone inside me was screaming, "Do not fall asleep." <sighs> do not fall asleep, do not go to bed, do not do not close your eyes." And the more I lay there, the lights are off, my whole house is sleeping. It kept intensifying. And it intensified so much that I got out of bed and I left the house. My husband didn't know, my kids were sleeping. Nobody knew. I will tell you, though, the funny part of the story now looking back is that I got in the car, I was driving out of my driveway, and who did I call? I called my mom because, you (laughs) know, a mom will never complain about losing sleep, but like your husband might complain about losing some sleep if, you know, if you wake him up for no reason. So we all laugh about it now. So I called my mom and I said, will you ride with me to the hospital? She's like, yeah, of course. So we go to the hospital. I I walk in the door and I said, I think I had a stroke today. And they kind of gave me the same look that my husband did earlier that (laughs) night. They were like, Oh, okay. And you know, things moved pretty fast after that. And I went into the, into the room. They got me in the room. Um, the doctor came in, he also expressed like, you look pretty fine, but you know, do you mind if we do like a CT just to make sure? And I was like, Nope, of course. I just want to make sure. So, you know, everything's okay. So my mom and I are, you know, talking and I'm like, oh, we're for sure going home. And then all of a sudden the neuro team came in real quick and they said, um, you were not crazy. You did have a stroke. Your vertebral artery is torn in your neck. And they also then told me that if I would have fallen asleep that night, I probably would not have woken up. Um, And so I, I believe that was where dad was first starting you know, I know he's worked in my life over the years, but that was where this whole transformation had really started for me, um, was in that moment because I knew that that was him that was prompting me and telling me and guiding me to get up and do not fall asleep, get moving your way, you know, it was kind of one of those, you're wasting time, get up, keep moving. And, um, so it was really kind of like an amazing moment for me. Um, you know, the recovery of this was kind of, this was a hard experience. Um, you know, I was in a lot of pain. I remember, um, coming home from the hospital and my body just shaking all over like uncontrollable shaking and pain. And, you know, there were so many questions that I had in my mind over why, why is happening to me? Like, you know, I remember, just being so sad and upset and frustrated because I couldn't figure out like, why did this happen? And I just kept feeling so sad that like my children were almost left without their mom. And I just was like, I can't, I can't believe that. Like, I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want them. I don't want them not. I don't want to miss these things. I don't want to not be here for things. Um, so I was in the hospital for a few days and, um, was sent home and I was told, you know a variety of things to recover, um, but I needed to rest and like take it easy and not do a whole lot. And um, you know, it it just was a trial and error process. So there was at one point where I was in a lot of pain and we couldn't really navigate and figure out what to do next. And um, I just kept getting told by the doctors, your trial and error, this is not a natural cause for a stroke, so we really don't know how to treat you. So I decided to go for a second opinion. So I was referred by a family member to another neurologist out of town. And um, when I had that appointment, it was about a month after this had happened. I had walked into the appointment and my whole left side of my body went numb. Hmm. And it was unbelievable. Like, you know, it, it just went completely numb. Same symptoms again, all started. And it was amazing that God had me in the right place at the right time. So I was rushed over to the other side of the hospital where they had the stroke, um, the stroke intensive care unit. Um, They rushed me in for more CTs and testings. And at one point, I think I had about a three and a half hour MRI that night, um, which if Hmm. you've ever been through an MRI, is not a fun thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, you know, it was amazing that he saved me again. And it was like, and I still wasn't quite getting the whole, the whole circumstance. Like I wasn't, I wasn't putting it the whole picture together yet. Like I was still in that moment of, I'm so sad and I'm so upset and I'm so frustrated and why is this happening? And, you know, I I'm home from work and I'm trying to heal and Mm -hmm. trying to manage everything. And so it was a really hard time, um, to try and figure that out. And I remember before I was released from that hospital and that stroke unit, Um, There is a nurse there and she walked me around and, you know, because you have to do a series of tests before they release you from, from the unit. And she wanted me to look in the other rooms just as I'm passing by. She's like, I just want you to take a minute. And she's like, I want you to look in all of these rooms. And she's like, look at these people. She's like, you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. And you have a purpose. And she just—I will forever be grateful for that moment because, in my selfishness, I mm. this this woman, this nurse, took my hand and she walked me and showed me. You know, you are so fortunate to to be where you're at and to be alive and to be here. And you know, you look and you speak and you act normal. You know, so yeah. you're you're very lucky. So God had put me in the right place at the right time. Um, and so it was really just—it was an amazing eye-opening experience at that point as well
1: what was your Um, family you know you kind of felt like you said frustration and sad what was going on with your family at that time how were they they kind of in disbelief too or what was it like for them um
2: you know it was really hard it was really hard um the kids you know, when they came to see me at the hospital, they were afraid. I actually have a video of my daughter doing a dance by my hospital bed because I missed her little Christmas dance that she got to do. And um, my husband had a really hard time because, you know, the first initial hospital stay, he wasn't there. He didn't even know I left the house. Right. And so my mom had to drive back to my house and wake him up because he didn't even have his phone on. So he didn't even know anything was going on. So she had to wake him up and then she had to proceed to tell him, hey, she had a stroke, you know, and he was just like, what? <sighs> and that was a really hard thing, too, because I think we were all in a little bit of denial that this was actually going on. And, you know, as as wonderful as it is that I'm alive and I'm well and I'm okay, you know, there's lifelong changes in my life that there's certain things I can't do anymore, certain things that won't be the same and that even took time to accept that Mm -hmm. you know and so him being by my side and my family being so supportive and being there it's it's really been a blessing as well but i can't say that that part was easy either because there was some denial for a little bit that this was actually happening Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so after i had gotten out of that that last hospital stay The doctors kept saying, in order for this to heal, you have to slow down. You have to slow down. You have to rest. And anyone who knows me knows that I am go, 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 like running a business, running the kids. I want to wear all the hats and I want to do all the things. And so that was something that was really hard to do with slow down. And I kept saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. I'm slowing down. (laughs) and i wasn't really you know slowing down completely of what i needed you know at this point i had um two icu stays so i was concerned about loss of time at work also the medical bills that were going to be pouring in and um there's a little bit of a blessing that came around the corner so like i said my stroke happened in december of 19. my second hospital visit was at the end of january And in March of 2020, my business was shut down Hmm. due to COVID. And, you know, I am a firm believer that God turns evil to good for his glory. Mm -hmm. And if there was anything that came out of that situation, it was that it slowed me down and gave me time to heal. And so I do, I look at that time that even though that was a scary, frustrating time for the whole entire world, and it was a time of the unknown of what was really happening, I am. um, I'm grateful for that time of healing. Um, But it was also very nerve wracking, because at that time, my business was shut down. And um, so I wasn't making an income. And then we kept having medical bills pour in. And so you know, I just kept watching the news and trying to figure out what was going on and doing some research and trying to figure out how I can get back to work. And um, somebody from another state one day i was sitting at the dining room table and somebody had sent me a text and they had said hi ashley um i just want to let you know that this person heard about your story about your stroke and you being a you know in the beauty industry and owning a salon and they wanted to send you some money for your medical bills. Wow. So somebody out of the middle of nowhere and I thought it was a scam to be honest. I was like, at first (laughs) I was like, nobody's sending me money. Like who's sending me money? You know? And I sat there at the dinner table reading this going, what? This can't be real. And somebody had sent me a generous amount of money towards my medical bills Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and I have still never met this person I wrote them a long email like I thanked them it was so generous and such a time of need for my family um, just because of the unknown of the circumstances of what was going on with my work my business and also all these medical bills that were piling up and you know I remember walking up my stairs and bawling in my bathroom and just praising God, because I knew that that was such a blessing. Mm
1: -hmm. Like that
2: was such a gift and, you know, it was such a blessing and I know, you know, God was working all of these things. Um, so, you know, as I'm still navigating through this whole journey of healing and being closed from my business, um, it was still a very emotional time for me. I, um, I remember just, being real i'm just being real i just remember crying a lot yeah i cried a lot you know i try to hide some of that because it's hard Mm. it's hard so
1: no but if you think about it like you said everybody's world was kind of rocked at that time and then to have all this going on with you too my gosh i can't i I can't imagine Yeah.
2: It was a really emotional roller coaster. Like I remember once I did go back to work, I have about a 45 minute commute. And I remember every day I just kept praying and still connecting and trying to have these conversations with God. And I'm a singer, so I'm a car singer. So if you pass me on the road, you're gonna see me like pull out, <laughs> blowing it up in my car with my, you know, singing some worship songs. Um, and so I, you know, just kept praying. And singing and trying to figure out how everything was coming together because I just had such a struggle of finding out. Like, I felt like my life was shortened at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like, you know, I kept being told, your life won't be the same. There's certain things you won't be able to do, there's restrictions. And I just felt so alone in that moment. And I felt anger and frustration. And I just, couldn't understand why this was happening or for what reason God saved me Hmm. I mean he put me in the right place at the right time twice right you know like two times at that point that I was like those were huge you know it could have been so much worse and so there was just a lot of questions I had and you know I didn't really know Where to go from there, but I had watched my parents when I was younger. Um, My sister was actually hit by a car and killed in front of my home Mm -hmm. as a kid growing up. And I remember watching my parents grieve through that. And I'm not saying my situation is anywhere near to what my parents went through, but I remember through the storm, through the difficulty, through the pain of what they went through, they turned to God. Mm-hmm. And they grew stronger in their relationship with God. And they turned in. And I remember watching that happen at a moment in time in your life where you're like, you would think most people would be like, I'm done. Why Why is this happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They turned in. So I feel like that's where I turned. And I feel like because I watched my parents go through that difficult time and them turning in, I felt like that's how I needed to get through this, mm-hmm. was by turning in. And praying to God and having these conversations, even if they're in there in my car, or even if I'm, you know, singing a song at the top of my lungs, <laughs> looking right. like a crazy <laughs> person in my car. I mean, I just felt like that's where I needed to go. So I felt like 2020 was mostly the year of like healing and trying to find myself and digging deep and, and pushing into God's word at that time. Um, so kind of flash forward into January of 2021, I went to, um, a doctor's appointment and at that time, nobody was still allowed into the doctor's room. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, at this point in my journey, I have tremors on my left side of my hand hmm. and, um, I'm a hairstylist.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that can't be helpful. <laughs> I'm a
2: hairstylist. So this was something that was super frustrating to me because, um, you know, I'm a hairstylist, and I have a tremor. So we were trying to kind of figure out what's going on. So I was finally able to get in with um, a specialty neurologist, which specializes in movement. And it wasn't, I didn't really get the answers that I wanted that day. It was probably the hardest to hear that there's no fix. Hmm. You know, there's there was no fix at this point. Um, this is something that, you know, I have a lot of trauma in my nervous system and that this is going to be something that just has to like, you might just live with or you might, it may get better. Um, and so it was really hard. So I remember walking out to the car and my mom was sitting there waiting. And I've never really broke down in front of my mom about my whole situation. And I walked into the car and it was the ugly floodgate of crying. <laughs> like it was the ugly cry. And I just, sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and she thought I just got the worst news of my whole entire life. She had no idea what was going on. She's like, this is not the appointment I expected you to have. So what? What? what's going on? So I filled her in and then it just came pouring out all these feelings that I had about how I felt like my life was shortened. And I felt like, you know, I was so upset, like my kids, you know, I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to be able to, you know, do things with them. I wanted to be able to pick up my son if I wanted to pick him up. And I was on all these limitations and just felt like life was running away without me. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And she looked at me and she goes, you can't look at your life. You can't look at it like your life was shortened. She's like, because God is the only one that knows what day and what time you are leaving this world.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And it could have been gone a long time ago. It could be gone tomorrow. She's like, so you, all you can do is live in this moment for today for whatever purpose you have and keep walking forward. Hmm. I cried more. I cried a whole lot more. I cried a whole lot more and we drove home and it was a pretty silent, silent drive home. And, you know, I just took in the words that she had told me. I dropped her off at her house. And as I was pulling out of her driveway a song came on my Spotify list. It's not a song I had heard before. Um, it just popped up and I felt like in this moment, my God was speaking to me. So mm-hmm. it's a song by Casting Crowns. It's called Just Be Held. Yeah. Um, and the lyrics of the song that really resonated with me is, and not a tear is wasted in time. You'll understand I'm painting beauty in the ashes. Your life is in my hands. Mm-hmm. So when you're on your knees and answer seems so far away, You're not alone. Stop holding on and just be held. Your world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. I'm on the throne. Stop holding on and just be held. Um, Lift your hands, lift your eyes, and the storm is where you'll find me. And where you are, I'll hold your heart. I'll hold your heart. Come to me. Find your rest in the arms of a God who won't let go. Mm
0: -hmm. In
2: this song, it spoke to me in every way. I couldn't believe the lyrics. I think I sat in my car for several more replays of the song. Like mm. I just kept replaying it and replaying it because I just felt like in that moment, he was talking to me and he saw me and he heard me. And even in my brokenness, he was holding on to me. Yeah. And mm. it was in the point of my deepest, darkest moment of being broken. I felt like, wow, he heard me. He heard mm. me. He mm. saw me and he was speaking to me. And so in this moment, I realized that this was becoming a part of my story. He was painting a picture. I couldn't see it yet. There was beauty in the ashes. And that day on the drive home to my house, listening to that song is where my healing began. Wow! So through my healing, I realized that God had a plan for me. Um, God who saved me by grace called me by grace. I'm here to serve his purpose. I also found peace and comfort that when my time comes, and for him to take me home that i'm ready i didn't understand that piece before i remember people telling me like when my time comes you know i'm ready and i always felt like i'm a little terrified like mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to leave my family and i think that's something that as i was laying in a lot of those hospital beds that's also something that i kept thinking about was like i felt like i had a to-do list of like <laughs> setting my family up so just in case i do go like I need to make sure you're all okay. Yeah. You know, like kind of like that mother hen instinct. Right. And I couldn't understand what people were talking about when they were like, Oh yeah, I have this peace that, you know, when it's my time, it's my time. And now I truly did have that peace that I found it. There was there was peace and comfort that when my time comes and he takes me home, that it's my time and everyone else will be fine because they were also called. You know, they were also called for their own purpose. And there's peace in knowing that um, my family will be okay when that does happen. Um, You know, and during that time too, when this whole, this whole thing was kind of transpiring and happening, you know, something that was also very hard to do was forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no... I never had any horrible feelings about the person that this had happened from. Um, I never had any horrible feelings towards this person. I just, I was a little upset that this happened in the first place. And I was just upset at the situation and upset that I didn't feel like there was ever an apology. Mm-hmm. So trying to forgive somebody without ever receiving that mm-hmm. is a really hard thing to do. But when I took a step back and I looked at everything that happened from the beginning, from the, you know, the voice inside telling me to go to the hospital to walking into the doctor's appointment and having another stroke to the nurse who took me around the floor to um, this doctor's appointment that, you know, led to the song playing on the radio. There were so many signs and there were so many things that he kept trying to awaken me, you know, awaken me up and, um, you know, really come and turn into him. And when I took a step back, and I could see that whole picture, that's where I found forgiveness. I found forgiveness in that because I realized that this, this was always going to be a part of my story. Mm -hmm. You know, this was always going to be a part of my story. And it was going to make me into the person that I'm becoming and the person that, um, he's building me up to be. And so that's where I found forgiveness and, um, I just think that sometimes that's harder to do and it's harder to talk about forgiveness. And I don't think that a lot of us talk about it enough because I think that forgiveness is some, something that is a little bit harder to do. And I think it can be different in so many ways. You know, sometimes people are getting forgiveness from an actual apology. Some people are giving forgiveness, you know, for things that they couldn't control. Some people are giving forgiveness for things that somebody could control. You know, so there's so many various reasons. So I think forgiveness is something um, that you also have to seek and pray about as well, because I don't think that is something that comes easy. But through this process and taking a step back, that's that's where I found it. So after I kind of realized everything that God was doing in my life, um, I started praying real hard and seeking. Now I'm like, okay, God, you saved me. You saved me several times. I have a purpose. I have a calling. You need, please guide me and tell me where I'm supposed to go. Like what, you know, I could have died so many times, but you kept saving me. So I know there is something I'm supposed to fulfill. Like there is something that I did not finish here that you want me to do. And so I kept praying for guidance for him to use me and guide me and show me where I'm supposed to go. So this is kind of where it gets a little interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So it it starts going into the summer um, time when everybody's starting to talk about school, you know, in 2020, we had, the schools were shut down. Um, the schools weren't open. Nobody really knew what was going on. It was kind of a little hectic. We were still in the zone of do mass work, do mass not work? Um, should people go back in person? Should they be on virtual? And nobody really knew what was going on at that point. Um, Jason and I, my husband, Jason and I, we were both graduates of the school district that my, my children were attending at the time. Um, and we were brought up. This was our hometown. This is where we bought our house to make sure that we were staying in um in the school district and we wanted our children to have the same education that we had. Um but you know, my children are young, they're in elementary school and we found out when they were going through school that some of the values and morals that we have in our house were not being upheld at the school. We started noticing that our kids were starting to come home and some of the things that they were saying, we were having to reteach them our values and morals because, you know, we wanted our children to be children and, you know, they're so innocent and sweet and they don't need to be worrying about what's going on in the world. Like, you know, leave that to the parents to guide their children. Um, But, you know, let's stick to reading, writing and arithmetic at
1: school. (laughs) Right. So So kind of the basics. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so once, um, we attended, there was a meeting right before, um, school was going back. It was in August. And I told my husband that I just had this feeling that they were going to mask up the kids again. And that I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that again. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I know the kids don't complain about it. But after research has come out, it's really showing that it's ineffective and I just don't think it's necessary. And that's my own person, our own personal beliefs on that. And so we were already concerned about the material that was being shared in the school, but then we were also concerned about them getting mapped up. So we attended this meeting and I looked at my husband beforehand and I said, you know, it might come down to, I'm just going to give you a heads up. That we might be pulling the kids out of school, and he was like, "Wait a minute, what? He's like, <laughs> what are you talking about?" And I was like, "Well, I go, I'm just not, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this anymore." And he was like, "Okay, okay, um, yeah, we'll talk about this later, okay." <laughs> and so we're in this meeting, and I could see the writing on the wall. Like I could basically tell from the conversations, and um how the board was acting in response to the parents speaking out, I could see that as soon as school starts, they're going to mask the kids back up. And that to me, honestly, the masking was the icing on the cake. That wasn't the real reason, Mm -hmm. um, why I headed down this road. It was more for what was being taught in the schools. Um, I just don't think our kids should be indoctrinated with, um, you know, sexualizing material or to be, um, with CRT as well. Right. So, That masking for me was just icing on the cake. So we ended up uh, attending the board meeting. I saw that the writing was on the wall, that they were going to mask the kids back up. And I decided, I stood up, I spoke against, you know, the masking of the kids. I just said, you know, I think it's everybody's right as a parent to choose what's best for their children. And it shouldn't be mandated. It should be your choice as a parent to make that decision. And I also told them that I was not co-parenting with the government and I was not co-parenting with the school board and that we have the right to choose to pull our children from your school. Mm -hmm. So we came out of that meeting and my husband and I had a a long discussion that night about, you know, oh my goodness, we still have medical bills pouring in, you know, what are are we going to do? Are we really going to pull them? Um, And so I was like you know what we're going to pray about this we're going to pray about this because if this is what we're supposed to be doing god is going to help us and find a way through this and so i started praying about it and we had some time and i went to we had at the time our um, community had stickers that said i'm our kids uh parents parent teacher teach type things on the back of our car and so where my business is is pretty close to costco and Um, so I was filling up my gas tank one day and this lady stops me and she goes, Hey, I like your sticker. And I was like, thanks. And so we just got to talking and she shared some information and she was like, thanks for fighting for the children. And she drove off and I was like, Oh, that was nice. Like that's that's positive. That's (laughs) great. And so I went to work and, you know, I'm still like deep in thought over, am I supposed to pull the kids? Am I not supposed to pull the kids? What's the right decision to make? And so, you know, I kept praying about it. And a few days later, I went back to Costco. Um, and I was getting groceries this day and I come out to my car and I find a note on my car that was handwritten by somebody that says, thank you for fighting for our children.
1: Wow. And Mm. I was
2: like, wow, that was super nice. And I actually saved the note. I still have the note. Mm. Um, and so we started gathering as a community and trying to figure out what we could do for the kids. We were trying to figure out what we could do for the kids, um, how we could help the kids. And, um, what were our options of, you know, having parental rights restored? So we, I set up a meeting, I decided to set up a meeting with one of the private schools and I prayed that whole entire day. And I prayed before entering the building that day. And, you know, Jason and I had discussed that if this was going to happen because of all the medical bills that we were still swamped with you know, we needed some help and tuition to be able to make this happen. And so I had the meeting with the principal. He was wonderful. He answered a lot of questions, asked me if there was any concerns at the end. And I said, honestly, tuition. I was like, you know, I want my kids here. I want them to have a firm foundation and faith. I want the values and morals that we have as a family to be upheld um, by our children in the school. And respected of parental rights and he said you know what's funny is that right before you walked in today somebody dropped off a generous donation to go towards tuitions."
0: wow (laughs) wow
2: I just walked out of that school smiling from ear to ear and got in my car and, you know, thank you, Jesus, and cried ugly. And I came home and I told Jason, he goes, what? <laughs> He's like, what? He just couldn't believe it, too. He was so shocked at what just happened. And I go, yep. So we're pulling the kids. Wow. And, you know, so it was kind of amazing. And then the next day, so this was what was really wild of the whole situation. So the next day, we my mom had tickets to go see Clay Clark's reawaken America tour. I don't know if you've heard about that tour, Mm -mm. um, but it's a three-day tour. It's like a medical conference and it also has a lot of like pastors and preachers and, um, different people that are speaking out and standing up. And, um, we went to that conference and it was amazing. Cause I still like the next day I was like, okay, I hope you made the right decision. I hope you made the right decision. (laughs) Everything's okay. And every single speaker that got up said, pull your kids, Yeah, pull your kids. They were like, every single one of them got up and said, pull your kids. They are indoctrinating your kids. You need to pull your kids. (sighs) And so it was just reaffirming of what just happened the day before. Um, And it was just like, it was a beautiful event. It was definitely one that, you know, just. It did exactly what it's called. It reawakened. You know, it was just the Holy Spirit was definitely moving. It was a time of worship and praise and listening to these speakers and preachers and people in the medical community that are standing up. And it was a wonderful conference. And so that was really great. And, um, even at the conference, I I told you guys, I was baptized as a baby, but I recommitted myself, um, because I was one way and now I'm completely different. And the thing that happened was him, you know, Amen. Jesus saved me in so many ways. And I love that part that came from the chosen and it just, it resonated with me. And, um, you know, since recommitting my life to Christ, it, it's amazing that once you do that and you have that firm foundation, that firm relationship, and you're walking side by side with him, it's amazing how you see things differently. You know, you start realigning your life and you start looking at things that maybe you were doing before, or, you know, that weren't really godly, like that you kind of removed from your life. Right. Um, and it, it was kind of amazing to see how that even that transformation has happened. You know, there was certain things that like, you know, there was, um, we don't celebrate Halloween anymore. That's something that we decided to not celebrate. I mean, I, even though I'm like, Oh, I'm not really into the scary stuff. We don't do scary stuff. But you know, it's like fallish. You know, I started doing some research. And I was like, No, nope, mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. doing it anymore. So we stopped doing Halloween. And, you know, there was some other different channels that my kids would watch that we don't have in our house anymore.
1: Right. And,
2: you know, there was just some things that we started just paying more attention to. And, you know, it's even funny, like, the other day a show came on TV and I started watching this and I was like, nope, not for me and so I changed the channel mm-hmm. and it's funny how you kind of um, you reawaken that discernment as well. yeah to know and kind of realign things. So um, after I pulled the kids, I went to this conference and um, afterwards I started getting really motivated. I started attending board meter meetings, commissioners meetings, protest protesting. Um, health department meetings, I started attending all of this kind of stuff and um, met a lot of great people in our community that are all for parental rights and medical freedom and um, have just been very supportive and wonderful people. You know, there's a lot more of us out there than than people think. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. Um, And I was also during this time, Um, approach to run for the school board, they had, um, there was two people that had kind of gotten this idea together, like, you know, we should, you know, run for school board, we should change the way the path is going, we should chart start changing things. And, you know, but when we had this conversation, it was very realistic, in expectations as well. You know, when you stand up for what you believe in, And when you stand up and you walk out in faith, there are some things that can happen. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, they're very realistic. You know, you own a business, be prepared for the consequences of stepping out when you own a business. Um, you know, be prepared for what people may say. You know, these were realistic conversations we were having, but as a believer in Jesus Christ and believing that he wants us to stand up. He wants us to speak for our children. He wants us to say, Hey, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't okay. That's okay to do. And he will, he'll walk with us. All we have to do is just take the first step out in faith. Mm -hmm. And then he will carry us through. And so, you know, I constantly am praying over protection over my children and my family, as I continue to do this walk. And, you know, it is funny, because before I did this realistically, um, realistically, my, my business is kind of more on if you would have to say aside the other side. And I was really nervous about what this would do for things. Mm -hmm. I was nervous that, you know, uh, you know, this could tank my business. And honestly, people have been so supportive. Um, you know, these were some concerns when you step out is just, you know, losing business or, you know, and that was something that every time we went to a board meeting or a commissioner's meeting or a health department meeting, everybody had said, I have something to lose. Mm -hmm. There's something everybody is fearful of losing by stepping up and stepping out. And, you know, what did we commonly hear? We heard, you know, I'm fearful of losing my job. I'm fearful of losing my business. I'm fearful of my kids getting bullied. I'm fearful of my kids not making a sports team, or I'm fearful that won't get played or they won't get a scholarship. These were things that were very real and we were hearing from a lot of people. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I started to just like draw in and keep praying. And, you know, it took a couple months of me really like praying about, you know, was this the next step for me? Was this where God wanted me? And, you know, it kept coming up like this feeling of save the children, save the children, save the children. Save the children, stand up, protect them, push back on these ideologies, push back on the things that are coming down the line, um, you know, and I think it's important that they do have a voice, that they, the children do, you know, the parents have parental rights, um, we can push back on some of these things that are coming down the line.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you shared that there was, there's a lot more people who think this way and believe these things that are afraid to speak up. I know in our community, which is far away from your community, um, we feel the same. And it seems little by little, we find more and more people who who do stand for those values and and Like you said, they're just fearful because we all have things to lose, and it is a very real threat to our ways of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it can be a very scary thing. So I'm glad you shared that. And I think that people need to hear that. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. And you know what? And then it also gave like a certain perspective too is that when I think about where my children are, like I wasn't happy with the district of where they're at and where we live. Mm -hmm. So I decided, we decided to pull them. And protect them by putting them over here and keeping them safe so I can be a voice for the ones who are fearful of standing up for something, are yeah. fearful to push back. You know, I, I can have that voice for our community. I can have that voice for the children that, you know, I get it. I get it. Because if my kids were still there, I probably might've been fearful as well, you know, in right but because they're protected i can keep them protected why we keep pushing forward on um getting some of these things out of the schools that don't belong there it's Mm -hmm. just not the same as it once was and i think that we got to this place with where we are in our country and our communities i think we got there because we were so trusting we thought it was going to be the same way it used to be and we quickly found out it's not the same way right and you know a lot of people i still think aren't aware that the stuff is actually happening in a local level. Mm -hmm. I think some people see it on the news and they go, oh, wow, that's shocking, I can't believe this would ever happen, not not our community, not here. And they're still not awake to the fact that it is very real and it is very much happening Mm -hmm. everywhere.
0: And I don't think people realize how much it's going to affect our kids in the long run, all of the indoctrination and all of the things that they're teaching them. It's not just like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like you can teach them at home. It does have like long-term yes. effects Yes. as to like who they will be as well, a, you know, when they, as they grow up.
1: And they I mean, teachers in my life were influential to me, you know, especially mm-hmm. when they respected, I listened to what they right. had to say. Sure. I listened to my parents, but you listen to, to people who are older than you who are supposed to be role models. And, you know, I don't want to say anything against teachers specifically, but what is being you know, allowed in the school districts is is not okay and not um, nurturing, right. respectful. You know, adults of the future.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and you know, I do think that there are some good teachers out there that want to do good things and are trying to do good things. Yeah, but unfortunately, I feel for them too. They have been somewhat. Silence to having a voice because, you know, there are some that are very fearful that, you know, it could, they could lose their job over it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I I think that's sad. I think that's Mm -hmm. sad that we have come to a point where you feel like you cannot speak out because you're fearful of something and that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is what's amazing is that with this meeting and with this group, group there's over 30 candidates under we the parents and we are running in 10 districts across our community across our county okay so we are running under faith family and freedom and what that means to us is protecting parental rights embracing patriotism and removing all forms of indoctrination from our school Mm -hmm. Um, because we believe that is super important and we believe it's worth standing up and 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 fighting for, you know, they're yeah. worth it. Um, but I will say um it's definitely one of those things where when you walk out in faith, God has your back.
0: Mm-hmm. He
2: has your back every step of the way. And even though I, I know this isn't an easy thing to do with running for school board, and I know it won't be easy if you know, you know, when I get in there, um, but I also feel that he is with us all the time. And one of the, you know, I will probably forever remember the situation Mallory was that I, God put it on my heart that I was supposed to share my story. He was, I was supposed to share my story and I was supposed to do it a while ago. So (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to do it a while ago, but I just felt like my story is so long and it's so much involved and Um, I just felt like I needed the right spot to share my story and my testimony of how God has been working in my life. And I saw that you guys had come up with this podcast and I thought it was such a great idea. And I started following all of your stuff and I, I, I messaged you like two times where I about (laughs) typed up this whole thing where I was like, okay, I've got a story for you. And then I was like, no, that's weird. She's going to be like this lady that I went to high school with back in the day. You know, so I didn't do that. <laughs> and, and so it's just kind of funny how I kept praying about it. And I, I really got into prayer like this last month. And I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to share my story. I know this is supposed to happen. But where's the right place for me to share this story? Like, where am I supposed to tell it? And I decided to have a garage sale. Um, in June and up walks Mallory <laughs> and I haven't seen her in so long. I haven't seen her since high school. And it was so great to see her and, and meet her beautiful little kids. And, you know, we were talking and just making a small talk. It wasn't about anything crazy or anything like that. And, um, she had left and as soon as she left, I had this thought. I was like, I should have asked her about her podcast. And then I was like, no, all of a sudden it came over me. I go, she's turning around and she's going to be back. And I don't know why I felt like that. It was the weirdest thing. And so, you know, a few other people came and I think it was like, maybe like an hour later or so, um, all of a sudden, Mallory comes walking back (laughs) up my driveway with her husband, who I also went to school with. And so we were just talking again and she's like, you know, I have something I want to ask you. And I go, I know. (laughs) And she goes, what? And she's like, I I was going to ask you about my podcast. And I go, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny because I was like, it was such a divine intervention Mm -hmm. of, you know, that moment coming together where she was going to ask me about the podcast. I knew she was coming back because God had put it on me that she was going to turn around and come back. And it was also placed on her that she was going to turn around and come back. And it was such an amazing moment. Uh, She ended up leaving and I called like everybody I knew. And I was like, you will not believe the most amazing situation that just happened. This was so awesome. And it was such a God moment. And so it was just really wonderful. Um, But I had to share that because I was like, you know, it's just, it's, part of the story yeah it's like you know the more you just keep walking in faith and the more you keep staying in the word and you keep walking forward it's funny how God puts things in your path or Mm -hmm. you know kind of gives you a sign um and even I was thinking about before this podcast I was trying to think of you know being in the word reading scripture I just kept thinking like what what bible verse stands out to me like what bible verse really stands out to me and so i I was praying on my drive home from work today and i started watching i follow um pastor greg Locke, and i was catching up on the sermon that he had did and it was about your calling and he was talking and he said second tim second timothy um chapter one verse nine it says who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given which was given us in. And I'm like, that resonated with me that I was like, yes, he saved me and he has called me Mm -hmm. to serve his purpose and do what he needs me to do in this crazy world. And as you know, I, I can now look back at the situation and my story and everything that happened and say, you know what, it, it was all meant to be how it happened. There was beauty in the ashes. There's a big picture that he's painting and all the pieces are like coming together. And now I feel like they're rapidly kind of coming um, <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more of a, at a faster pace now. Um, but if I had to tell anybody um, a bit of advice for, living and raising kids in this crazy time.
1: Hmm.
2: It's just that forget the chaos. It doesn't matter. Um, We live in a world right now where the line is drawn and you stand with God or you stand with man. Hmm. And we've gotten to a place of being quiet and trusting and we don't want to offend anyone. Um, But it's time. We have to be bold and we have to speak truth and have faith because he will never, ever Leave you. He will never leave us. Right. And we are we are definitely ready for a red sea moment. I will tell you that. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's funny because two years ago I thought my life was shortened. I was angry, I was sad, and I was broken. And what I found was there truly is beauty in the ashes. I hear often if you're Christian, God will protect you from, you know, most people think, oh, if you're Christian, God will protect you from everything bad things won't happen to you. You know, you <laughs> kind of hear that in a little snarky tone every once in a while. Um, but you know, that's not the case. I believe if something bad or hard does happen, that God will be there with me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't fully see what God has in store in our lives. Um, but I have unbelievable peace with knowing that this was a part of my story.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Um, as I've like listened to you share the memory verse, that just resonates with me is Romans eight twenty eight, and how God just works all things together for His good. And just thinking yeah. about how like you never would have imagined where you are today, in um, those moments of hopelessness and just feeling lost, and like what what is happening? How He's kind of weaved all of that together into the this beautiful. Mm. Um, amazing story that's going to spark change it's going to um, impact others in a way that you don't even know so um it's a very beautiful story so thank you for sharing uh one question that like several pieces of it resonate with me especially the kids part in the school like we actually my husband and i pulled our kids Mm. this past year and they did their first full year in a private Christian school, and I only wish I had had pulled them out sooner. But, you know, just thinking about um, maybe a woman who was in that place who's struggling with a health issue or a parent who's like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't want to lose my job or I don't want to affect my kid's future. Mm-hmm. Just wondering what, what words of encouragement would you have for that parent out there or that woman? I would say
2: the biggest piece of advice I have is to lean in, lean into God and put your trust and your faith on him. And honestly, you know, where I was in the beginning isn't the person I am now. And in the beginning, in my brokenness and my sad and, you know, really dark place that I was in, um, the only thing I could do at that time is sometimes, you know, when you just worship God, mm-hmm. you worship him and, you know, you sing his praise, God will meet you in that moment too. And so I tried to you know, meet him in that moment of worship, but also like praying and just talking to him and having these conversations because, you know, it did take time. This was 19 when it happened and we're in 22 right now. And it was a little bit of a journey, but I feel like leaning in and just having that faith and building that relationship with him like he will lead you and guide you and you know something i also do is before i open up my bible sometimes i'm like you know sometimes i'm doing like a devotion and so i like follow the passages but sometimes when i'm just needing something from him like just needing him to guide me in a direction like i'll say a prayer before i open up my bible and i will pray i will pray that he will lead and guide me through his word and that he will open my eyes my heart and my ears to really you know, taking what he's directed me to see. Mm. And you know, what's really amazing that every time I pray that he will guide me to something mm. that mm. it completely just, you know, I'm sitting there crying, reading my Bible because those words just jumped out of the page and they were speaking right to me. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, sometimes we don't, sometimes we get so caught up and so busy that it's hard to slow down and take those moments and to have that. And you know, I'm usually somebody who I I love the idea of doing it in the morning, but I end up being the night person.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, I mean just yeah.
2: finding that time. Finding that time mm-hmm. and um finding that time to connect with him, but um also having faith and walking out. And if you just take that first step, he will
1: catch you. Mm. Mm. That's so good. I I just think that this story is incredible and I hope it gives um Our listeners hope. I hope it gives them courage, you know, if they've been on the fence with what's been happening in their school district. And, um, like you said, Ashley, there's things that aren't lining up with what we believe as Christ followers. And, um, I I do, I agree with you that He will be with us as we journey through this. And life may not look like we planned or intended, but, um, like you said, he's, he's with us and he will guide us. And and I firmly believe that too. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I do want to remind everybody who's listening that I think that song that she shared is just an incredible one. So we'll be sure in our show notes to put a link to that song. If you want to listen to it, I'll make sure it has the lyrics attached to it as well. And the verses that she talked about too, in the show notes Um, But yeah, we just want to thank you again so much for taking your time and sharing and we'll be praying for you and and those running um, under We the Parents that um, your voices are heard and and that you show other parents that it's okay to stand up and um, stand up for what you believe in and for your children.
0: Yeah, it'd be great to have you back a few months down the road. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful experience and I'm so happy to have been able to share my story with
1: you. Yes. Well, I just want to thank our listeners too. And, you know, if you liked this story um, or if you know of somebody who needs to hear it, feel free to share, um, subscribe, and writing reviews. That all gets more of God's purpose um, for this podcast out to the people that um, he intends to hear it. So we just thank you all for listening too. And um, check back every other Tuesday for another episode of Can You Relate? Have a good one.